Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, learn all about the coronavirus with Dr. Lane Phillips. Who's at risk with this coronavirus, this COVID-19? The people that seem to be at risk right now, they have concentrated on people with hypertension because there's something that may affect the heart in it, diabetics, and obviously people with lung problems, whether it's asthma, smokers, COPD, lung cancer, those those uh, populations. They, they, they're trying to level out the playing field. I, I don't, you know, they're saying the statistic is a lot of 20 to 54 year olds now. They're basically, basically saying everyone's at risk, everyone can have it. Uh, and it's unfortunate because so far compared to the flu, you know, it's, it's not even as bad as the flu. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Campers, I hope you are listening to this in a safe and sound place. Sending you love for this unique time in the world with the coronavirus. If you're listening to this during the quarantine of the coronavirus, this episode, I speak with a a friend of mine, a colleague, Dr. Lane Phillips from Dr. Lane Phillips Formulations. Dr. Lane is a brilliant practitioner, as you'll come to hear. He's had over 100,000 patients come through his clinics over the years. He has a lot of experience. He does his studying, as you're going to hear on this episode. This episode is very sciencey. It's going to get into the facts and the figures. We're going to talk about the difference between viruses and bacteria, who is at risk for the coronavirus, what exactly is this COVID-19, what are some of the symptoms you should be paying attention to, what are some supportive treatments and supplements and foods, what are some things you should stock up on right now, and then he's going to give his final thoughts on what's going to happen next with the coronavirus, the pandemic, the quarantine. It's a great discussion. I highly recommend you grab your piece of paper uh, and a pen and take a lot of notes here. This is probably going to be one of those episodes you listen to a couple times to get some of the science terms and the facts and figures. Just a quick note that this episode was recorded during the third week of March, 2020. So some of the stats, if you're listening to this in the future, have might be changed. Uh, Just wanna give you that caveat there. We are going based off of the current stats of this recording. And we are going to get into not just the problem, but the solution. And I think at the end of this episode, you're going to have more hope and positivity and clarity to what exactly is going on with the coronavirus. Speaking of which, I decided to do weekly webinars that are free to teach you all how to boost the immune system. Specifically, how to use keto, fasting, and I'm gonna share the exact protocol I'm following to activate the body's natural killer cells, AKA the innate intelligence, AKA the human body, the greatest physician in the world. So if you wanna sign up for the next webinar, which is taking place Friday, March 27th, head over to benazadiwebinar.com. You'll see that there's a sign up form, it's free. 
and uh, we are only taking 500 people each webinar. If this one is booked, you could register for the next one, which will be a week after. Love to see you on that webinar. I'm giving away over $200 worth in free digital downloads for those who attend. That is benazadiwebinar.com. Please take a screenshot of this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast and tag me in it and also shoot Dr. Phillips a tag as well. My Instagram handle is at the Benazadi and Dr. Phillips is at Dr. Dr. Phillips Formulations. You might have heard of Dr. Phillips before on my podcast. I use their CBD products, which are phenomenal, by the way. It helps me with my sleep, helps me with inflammation. They also have some keto fruit chews, and you could learn more about that over at drphillipscbd.com slash ketocamp. We have a an exclusive coupon code for you all over at drphillipscbd.com slash ketocamp. You could check out their CBD products. You could check out their topical cream, their fruit chews. I use them all. Before I bring on Dr. Phillips, I want to thank you so much for choosing this podcast, for listening to something positive, for educating yourself during turbulent times out there. I acknowledge you for choosing this show. Thank you so much. Out of all the shows out there, you chose this one. And we are so grateful because our mission here at Keto Camp is to educate and to inspire 1 billion people on planet Earth. Please text this show to a friend after you listen to it and if you've gotten value from it and leave the show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to. The ratings and reviews really help the show grow and get into some more hands. I want to share with you real quick the show sponsor, which is Purity Coffee. Purity Coffee is the highest antioxidant coffee beans I have found. They have tested versus 46 leading brands and have won over each of them on quality and taste. I don't know if you knew this, but coffee is the number one sprayed crop in the world, loaded with pesticides, herbicides, and even mold. This can create leaky gut. This can create inflammation. So we want to make sure our coffee lives up to our high quality standards of health. You could get Purity Coffee for 10% off and free shipping because you are a listener of the Keto Camp Podcast. Head over to puritycoffee.com and use the coupon code KK10 to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that is puritycoffee.com. Use coupon code KK10. Let's get into this discussion with Dr. Lane Phillips. Dr. Lane Phillips is the founder of Dr. Phillips Formulations, and he is a physician practicing functional medicine. You're going to hear his in his story that he's been around for quite some time with over 100,000 patients going through his clinics, and 60% of them have been respiratory issues, which is very important to note because the coronavirus has an affinity for the respiratory system. Dr. Phillips has an amazing lineup of CBD products, and you can learn more over at drphillips.com slash ketocamp, and let's bring him on the show. Dr. Lane Phillips, welcome to the Ketocamp podcast. The Ben Azadi, nice to be on your show. Yes, I'm excited to chat with you all things coronavirus, and this is so important, this discussion with what's going on in the world. And before we get to that, Lane, uh, share with the audience your story. How did you get involved with what you're doing today? So I fell in love with medicine sometime in the middle of college. I had started as a business major, and I went to the ER um, as a volunteer in the summer, and one of the doctors let me cut the sutures off a patient, and I thought it was the coolest thing. I said, this is, could make you happy every day of your life. I enjoyed just that little bit of experience I got in the hospital over that summer, and I switched majors and went into medicine. 
And I graduated a little over 20 years ago and was practicing family medicine for a few years and then got into urgent care, which I have practiced for the last 17 years or so. I've had 100,000 patients go through my clinic. About 60,000 of them have been respiratory tract infections, which is what we're going to talk about today. Um, and then somewhere along the lines, about three to four years ago, I realized that they weren't really teaching stuff that prevented anything from happening. And the patients that I saw were getting sicker and sicker. And they used to be on three medicines, and then they were on five medicines, and then they were on eight medicines. And then one patient came in one day, and I was checking her in the urgent care, and she said her son's allergic to apples. And I said, apples? Like, an, you know, first of all, it's funny, like an apple a day keeps a doctor away, so um, I guess that's why he was there. But she told me about food sensitivity testing, and I had had stomach problems my whole life. And I read into the test for food sensitivity. I found out what I was sensitive to. I stopped eating those foods and I never had a stomach ache again. And it, it changed the way I started approaching medicine. So it was a, a little simple thing like allergic to apples, which I thought was sort of funny at the time. And then I started getting, you know, same things you heard about the cholesterol story, the myth of this and how the, the you know, everyone was giving medicines and nobody really looked at the side effects of those things. And I've been practicing medicine since that time in the, in the functional medicine and um, capacity. I still do some urgent care, uh, but uh, I uh, have become a fan of, of natural medicine. And, um, you know, that's pretty much how I got everything going. So a hundred, over 100,000 patients have gone through the clinic. 60,000 of them have been respiratory. This is really relevant to the coronavirus because we know there's a, a link there. So let's get right in to this, this topic. Right now we are in um, the middle of the quarantine. We are both in Florida. You are by the Orlando area. I'm in Miami. And we are in a, a quarantine. So is the whole world. This is a unique situation because for the first time in my lifetime, probably yours, the whole world is dealing with the same problem at, at, one, at once. So it's unique to me. And uh, let's learn about this coronavirus. What is it? What is the difference between a virus and a bacteria? Share with sure. us. Sure. Great question. You know, viral infections are things your own immune system has to cure. And so with the exception of the flu virus, influenza virus, which has a vaccine, which is mediocre in effectiveness, I think, and uh, a few medicines you can take maybe to reduce the duration and severity of the flu. Other than that, most colds are viral and they will resolve on their own in five to seven days. And in fact, the CDC says you'll resolve 98% of them within 10 days, and only 2% will end up needing antibiotics. And antibiotics are reserved for bacteria. So you have viral infections versus bacterial infections, and very few things are bacterial. The only cold symptom or the, the thing to be concerned about in the beginning with bacteria are sore throats with fever. That could be strep. But I'm going to talk about in a few minutes of, of you know, when to go to the doctor for these things. But basically, you have viral infections and bacterial infections. And so what you're hearing in the news today is about the coronavirus, which makes up 10 to 30% of all colds all the time, always. This just happens to be a new strain of that virus, and they've labeled it COVID-19. Um, it's also called SARS-2. Um, and by the way, just to put into perspective, SARS, in, uh, when it was here in 2003, um, killed seven people in the United States. And everyone remembers the panic of that and the mortality with that. But, you know, our country's pretty good about handling things. Um, and that's a pretty low statistic and shocking for some. So this new virus that's come along um, is, is causing really the most gloom and doom pandemic we'll probably ever see in our lifetimes. 
Yeah, um, and if we watch the news, we think it's the end of the world. Uh, and that's where a lot of the fear comes into play. But we're going to break down the facts and what we believe to be true. And hopefully that's going to give more of a positive outlook in terms of how the body's yeah. able to deal with it, right? So yeah. let's talk a little bit about who's at risk with this coronavirus, this COVID-19. Yeah, it, it looks to be that the, the same people are at risk for the colds that happen all the time or the flu in particular, which is the more serious of the, the viral infections that people get. Um, but the people that seem to be at risk right now, they have concentrated on people with hypertension because there's something that may affect the heart in it, diabetics, and obviously people with lung problems, whether it's asthma, smokers, COPD, lung cancer, those, those uh, populations. Um, and, you know, they, they, they're trying to level out the playing field. I, I don't, you know, they're saying the statistic is a lot of 20 to 54 year olds now. They're basically, basically saying everyone's at risk, everyone can have it. Uh, and it's unfortunate because so far compared to the flu, um, you know, it's, it's not even as bad as the flu. And I know, you know, you're going to say, hey, listen, what about the mortality rate? You know, hey, look at the percentage so much more, 10 times worse than the flu. I think there's a good point to talk about statistics, and I'm not trying to negate anything they say, but the statistic is impossible to calculate right now because they just started doing testing. And if you take 3,000 people and 30 of them die from this, that's a big percentage. But if there's 300,000 people that were not diagnosed and there's no test on and you leave them out of that number, you know, you shrink down the actual mortality rate, which has gone anywhere from you know, 14% uh, in the elderly down to like, you know, maybe even 0.8%. And I've seen them all over the place, these stats. They're all assumptions right now. And this, this massive testing thing that's going on will give us some idea of really what the mortality rate is. And I'm only going to just put my opinion out there. I, I, I really think this is going to work out to be the mortality rate similar to the flu. I think that's what we're dealing with. Uh, however, the, the difference being this may be more contagious, maybe more people will get it. And then obviously the number of people that have a bad outcome will, will get higher um, symmetrically. What, if, what, what about somebody who's 30 years old, they're healthy, they're, they don't have hypertension, they don't have diabetes, they don't have any kind of, they don't have asthma, they don't have any respiratory issues, they're healthy, 30 years old, are they at risk? Sure, I mean, you have to say everyone's at risk because nobody can say you're not. But, but if, you said, if you say one thing that you, you could say to make yourself have a better outcome in this, it's stay healthy, eat healthy like you talk about all the time. You know, watch the processed foods and, and you know, making sure your vitamins are, are, are up to date. But at the end of the day, a healthy person should do okay with this. I mean, just like every other cold. I mean, it's a coronavirus. We've never had a pandemic coronavirus before. Uh, you know, uh, this, is, this is reaching somewhat epic proportions, they say. But to put into perspective, there's 12,000 cases in the United States, and there's millions of cases of the flu. So we'll see what happens over the next two to three weeks. They'll be very telling. I'm really hoping that the amount of tests that they do and the amount of people that have it is, is not so scary anymore so people can leave their house, you know? So why is it a pandemic this time around if the coronavirus has been around? I know it's a new strain, you mentioned that, but why is there such a, a panic right now? Yeah, you know, the panic comes because the mortality rate percentage they're giving is so high, but it's just an unfair number because like, you know, they didn't have all the testing in Italy. And, and you know, I read a statistic and, you know, I hate to quote these things because, you know, three weeks from now is completely different, but, you know, there are 64 people right now in critical care from this virus. Um, and uh, in the United States, uh, in the world, by the way, there's 12,000 people that have been diagnosed because that's how many tests were done. And, and there's a mortality rate with those of, of 2,000. But how many millions of people may actually have this? 
you know, I was thinking last week when I saw a lot of patients in the clinic, I'm like, I might've seen 50 cases. You know, they're sort of little colds or they, they, they sound like the flu, um, but, but we don't know. And, and what's, what's, what they're really scaring everyone about is that you don't know if somebody has it. You have it for a week before you get any symptoms. And so that's kind of like this carrier thing is like, when does somebody feel safe to leave the house? Who have they been around? And, and how do you really stop it? Is, is it going to be that bad? I don't know. But they really are scaring everybody. I mean, there's no more masks in the hospitals. Um, I, the, the, the most interesting thing I saw on the internet was, it's sort of funny, you know, somebody did one of those meme posts or whatever and was like, you know, to the people that are buying all the hand sanitizer, uh, aren't you scared that the rest of us don't have any? <laughs> it's true, you know? right? Uh, what, so how long do you think we're going to be quarantined for? You know, th that's an unknown answer. Um, you know, they're destroying the economy at the same time as doing this. And, you know, this becomes a, a you know, question of it, what's the greater good here? I mean, you know, these small businesses are going to be destroyed and hard to come back if, if something doesn't happen soon. So I'm hoping this new statistic, while they put in all the people that have, you know, positives and no negative outcomes or no worrisome outcomes will, will reduce this mortality number. I think it might take longer than a few weeks, though, and that's that's kind of the unfortunate thing. Um, you know, this is this is spread on surfaces. Um, it's spread by coughing, uh, somebody sneezing near you within that six feet range, which I don't even know how they came up with that number per se. Uh, you know, I've heard all statistics of how long it could last on surfaces, but you want to wipe those. Um, but once again, if the person's not really you know, coughing or sneezing, they're not that contagious, but then they're telling everybody like, hey, you gotta be careful because you could be carrying it and give it to somebody and, and not have really any symptoms, which I don't really know how they're transmitting it otherwise. So, you know, this is an interesting, uh, you know, it's not enough information out there to make the, you know, the proper decisions, unfortunately. Have you read anything about heat, heat and water? I mean, what temperatures are good against it and what, can it be transmitted through water? Yeah, you know, I mean, like if you're sharing a drink, yeah, uh, can it be transmitted through water? I, you know, I, I guess I, I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that question. Like a, swim, like a swimming pool, if somebody had it in the swimming pool and somebody else swims. You know, uh, you know I, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, there's things on the internet saying, hey, listen, if you feel like you're sick, stick a blow dryer up your nose and the heat will kill it. I mean, it's like, it's insanity because, you know, I, I don't know that answer. Yeah. Um, but I, I can tell you this. It, if you have a cold right now, pretend you have it. And, and don't get around people. Don't go to work. Don't go shopping. Don't touch stuff. I mean, the, the, the most interesting thing I, I heard or really, I want you to digest this. Don't you think it's really nice in some ways that they opening up the stores for all the like 80 year olds to go in and get their food before the rush happens? Do you think that's like a nice thing that these, these um, like fresh market and Whole Foods like they're doing for, for the people out there? Sounds nice, right? Yeah, it does. It does, except for the fact that you just took every bit of every person who's at high risk and you put them in one space. And if one of them is sick, you know, it could spread. I mean, that's not the way they should do it. They should give a list to a runner to go inside and get everything. And th these little common sense things aren't done out there because, you know, I'm not, you know, you know, trying to be too harsh on, on the doctors that are, are running this. But a lot of them are sit behind a microscope and don't see patients and look at the realistic part about this. You know, they should be talking, yes, about about self-protection and, and whatnot. Um, they should be talking about the things that you do and I do, which is, you know, stay healthy and, and keep your immune system healthy because that, that's how to fight infections. Your own immune system cures this. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't know how bad this will be and, and, and how long we need to be quarantined is, is iffy, but it's basically they're shutting down everything. So they're, you know, quarantining most people anyways. And that has to last months if they're going to do it right. You know, pregnant people or people delivering food. There's a lot of people who still have to work. And so if they have it and everyone goes out of quote unquote quarantine, 
you know, then they're going to give it, one of them gets it and gives it to, to the next person. So it's very hard to control something like this. I don't know that they can ever get to strict quarantine, but if you do, you ruin the whole nation economically. And, and this is a very fine line that they're walking right now. You know, the CDC is like, save the patient. Well, I don't want to be like this, sound like negative against the human life. Uh, but, you know, if you, if there are 14,000 people killed themselves after the 2008 crash from suicide. That's a big number. That's almost as much as, as the flu has been some seasons. And if you destroy the economy, it's going to be a great number. And the mental health of people right now is not great. So I, I think they should be, they always talk in the negative. I think I said it a few minutes ago, but like 1% of people will die or 2% of, why don't you say 98% of people are going to live or 99% of people are going to live and they're going to get back to their normal self. I feel like the approach to these things has always been with the negative thing, which is why you, me and everybody else does not like media. I mean, I remember when reporters were the, were the most respect, respected job, you know, and now it's like, I don't even know what to believe. They're just regurgitating whatever they're told. It's a scary thing. You know, what's, what's right. What's not, you know? Yeah. And, and being fearful and stressed out weakens the immune system. You activate that sympathetic nervous system all the time. You're going to weaken great your point. immune system. That's a great point. You know, um, you know, it, it, you know, just going back to the quarantine uh, question, you know, they basically say about 14 days, you know, if you have symptoms, you know, um, because you know you could, it might it take it takes a week to even know you have it, but 14 days seems to be the number. Um, I don't know if that'll change to 21 or they're just going to quarantine everybody. But it's an, it's an interesting fact. Uh, it, the healthcare system is is maybe in bad shape now. I'm not really sure because there's just not enough cases that makes this even really worrisome. To be honest with you, and this is just my opinion. Uh, you know, my son has, has Crohn's, so he's on a, a biologic. So I have to be very careful bringing something home to him. And, you know, you have to put, you know, his family first when it comes to that. But I really wouldn't be, I'm not scared of this personally. Like, I don't want to give it to him, but me personally, I think my immune system is good. I've seen colds, obviously, a lot. Um, and, and uh, you know, um, it, if, if it's that serious, though, you're about to wipe out the medical staff of the entire country by by shoving them all in these small like hospital things. And I don't know what's gonna happen in the aftermath, uh, but I, I don't think it's gonna be as bad, I hope, as they're saying. I think it's very gloom and doom, unfortunately. We don't know. So how, when should you get tested for it? How do you know? What are the dangers? What's the accuracy like? When yeah. do you get tested for this? That, that's really the best question. The, I, 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 it has no value to test for you as the individual. And if you're going to quarantine anyways, if you have a cold, I mean, that would be value if you said that's the only way I'm quarantining, but basically everyone's self quarantining anyways, even the politicians were doing it. So for you to go to a hospital or a doctor's office to get tested, you might just have a regular cold or nothing. And now you're sitting next to the person that has it. And testing in medicine has to have a specific reason that you do the testing. In other words, if you have a strep test, you're going to give an antibiotic. If you say, if I have a, her a herniated disc and it's a little herniated, I'm not doing surgery. Well, what's the purpose of knowing? Just, you know, do the regular exercise and stuff. You don't do testing unless you have a specific reason you're doing the testing like a treatment. Now, you know, for the greater good, so to speak, you know, if they test everybody, it'll make the number look lower. But at the same time, you could put yourself at risk and exposure. So I, I don't, my opinion, well, you know, I don't know if I should say it or not, but, you know, if, if, you, if you get sick, quarantine yourself, do supportive care. But I don't think there's any value in going to get tested. I don't think it should change anything because you should do the same exact thing if it's a regular cold, the coronavirus or anything. The only time that really matters in a cold, the only time, and I've done a lot of colds, is if you have shortness of breath. 
Shortness of breath with fever and cough is really the clinical symptoms of pneumonia. And, and, and it's if you feel like air is not getting into your lungs. And I want to clarify that because it's a big point. When people come into my clinic, the biggest thing they come in for is for that cough that hits the chest. And they, feel, they say they're short of breath. And none of them really un, are, are explaining what they're saying. If you're coughing and you feel short of breath during the cough, that's, that's normal. If you can get air into your lungs, if you can breathe in and you feel the air going into your lungs, you're breathing okay. Now, it's interesting too because the, the pulse ox is a thing that, that you can actually go online and buy. Unfortunately, I've seen them go from $19 to from $39 to $200 because everybody's gouging on these things now. But it tells you your oxygenation. That's the air going into your lungs. And if you have fluid in your lungs, which is pneumonia, the air exchange will make that number go low. And if you're below 92%, that's not good. And that that's, should be what they're giving to everybody. That's when you should go to the hospital, not people who feel like they have a little cough, you know, because there's not really treatment for the mild symptoms. And, and shortness of breath is the key to this whole thing. And to put it into perspective, I haven't seen a case of pneumonia personally in 16 months, so it's not that common. Um, I, I tend to have a little bit healthier population, so I'll, I'll put that out there. But, you know, to be honest with you, shortness of breath is really the key to all of this, because if you have the sniffles or sinus pain or ear pain or a sore throat, there's telemedicine out there. You don't have to go to the doctor. Uh, you can treat with some supportive things we'll talk about in a few minutes, but shortness of breath is the key here. That's the big thing. That's when to go. Interesting. So those who are who have the coronavirus and they're very symptomatic, do they also have water in their lungs, like, like pneumonia-like or no? So most of the people with coronavirus have mild disease. They have just what's, what, you know, two, there's an average of two to three colds per year, you know, in, in people. And so it's just a cold. Remember, I said before, 10 to 30% of all colds are coronavirus, and, and it's just a cold. The only time you really should go to the doctor for a cold is if you're having shortness of breath, or you have fever and sore throat for over two days. Like I said, that could be the strep, or if it goes, a cold goes over 10 days and you have sinus pain and fever, and for that, you can go to the doctor or do a telemedicine visit, but the lungs, that's the key, and, and fluid in your lungs is, no, is pneumonia, and, and whether that's viral or bacterial, you will feel short of breath, and it'll be a scary short of breath, almost like people say like they feel like they're drowning, mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, I understand that some people get bronchitis, which is, uh, which is also shortness of breath, but they're also at risk too, so anything that's in the lower respiratory tract that's from the neck down, and you feel like air is not getting in, uh, you know, that, that's the time to, to be seen, or at least call someone and, and let them direct, uh, you know, the traffic to the ER or whatnot, you know. I want to let you know about my favorite keto snack in the entire world, these Paleo Valley beef sticks. They are 100% grass-fed and grass-finished. Many beef sticks and beef jerky companies out there claim that their product is grass-fed, but usually they're finished on grains. Paleo Valley, they live up to my high quality of standards, and I personally love the original flavor. I can't get enough of that. My girlfriend loves the teriyaki flavor. If we're running errands, traveling on the road, this is the perfect sidekick to keep us on course with our keto results. We have an exclusive deal for keto campers to get 15% off your entire first order by heading over to paleovalley.com, entering the coupon code KKA to get 15% off. That is paleovalley.com, coupon code KKA. What about some supportive treatments to treat fevers? Yeah, so, you know, it, it, it's another good question because people are probably hurt out there and it changed from one day to the next. They said, don't take Advil. 
you know, Advil, uh, the way that Advil works might affect the, um, uh, the response that your immune system has uh, to, to uh, this viral infection. And then two days later, they said, no, don't worry about it. We, we don't think that's true. And unfortunately, that's the way all medicine works. You get people pick their battles and they, they listen to one side or, or the other side and, and, and they decide. But, you know, right now there's, you know, if you want to be on the safe side, they maybe say take Tylenol. You know, I tend to use prednisone in my clinic for sinus pain. Uh, um, and that's another anti-inflammatory. I think it works great. But they're, you know, they're debating whether that's going to be an issue or not with this particular viral infection. So supportive care, treating fever. The, the other answer I would tell you is don't. I don't think you need to treat fever. If you're really getting dehydrated or worst headache of your life, or it's so bad you have to take something, fine. But fever releases interleukins, and, and this is how you get over these, these infections. It's why your body heats up to kill stuff. So I don't even believe in treating fever, but if you had to take something, maybe it's Tylenol now. Um, but you know, if you can avoid taking any anti-inflammatories, I think that that's the best thing to do. I'll mention one fun, fun fact, so to speak. Uh, every degree your temperature goes up, your heart beats 10 beats a minute faster. And so people start to get a little nervous with that. Um, but, but it's okay if your pulse is fast, that's, that's not scary. Um, but it does, you should hydrate more because you'll start breathing faster. So hydration is part of, of, of that. Keeping healthy, that's part of what we call supportive care, so to speak. Interesting. I didn't know that about the heartbeat. And, and the body's amazing. It has a response and it raises its body temperature, raises the heart rate to deal right. with, with whatever's going on, the virus, the bacteria. So the body is amazing. It and is. I, think, I think we're trying to do so many things to kind of block the bodies from uh, letting it heal, the body's capability, the natural capability to heal. So I love that answer, Lane. It's like, thank you, Big Pharma. You know, it's, yeah. it's like it, it, there's a pill for everything. And unfortunately, people, you know, reach their hand out for that pill. And, and uh, you know, you've talked about it many times about homeostasis and how the body balances itself. And like, you don't really, if you're healthy, you don't need to do really anything. And that's the, that's what everybody should be talking about is how to stay and be healthy, not how to treat symptoms. That's, that's where medicine has gone astray. Um, you know, it's why I went into, you know, the, the medicine that I practice now, because, you know, hormones, anti, you know, in, inflammation, you know, with, with natural, um, you know, things like curcumin, uh, stop the cytokine production, which we talked about uh, you and I earlier before this started, you know, doing the things that keep you healthy, having good vitamins, um, you know, having good gut health, probably the most important thing. These things are, are, are what, where your immune system um, is activated from. And it's unfortunate that we poison it every day with the foods that we eat. But then when you get sick, you know, how do you go backwards now? You know, you should start practicing healthy habits now with the time off that some, you know, some people have for the first time in a long time. Spend it with the family, read a book, listen to your podcast is a good one. You know, uh, there's, there's a lot of ways to get this nation healthier right now. Uh, the economic health is not so good, but, but the personal health should get a lot better right now. You know, stay indoors, do stuff. It's a great time to go fasting too, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if everyone wants to torture themselves, but uh, you know, a couple of days of that might be good. So yeah, I, I just did a live stream before I hopped on here with you on, on my YouTube. And I talked about the greatest physician in the world we have access to 24-7. And that's the human body. That's the innate intelligence. And yeah. we need to just remove the interference that big pharma has given us. Remove the interference, eating every two or three hours, eating all this sugar. Remove, remove that interference in the body. This, this amazing physician that's within the body will start to do its job. And that's where fasting comes into play. That's where eating a low-carb a ketogenic type of diet comes into play. And then, like you said, taking your fat-soluble vitamins, getting sunshine. There's things that we can do that are free that activate this inner physician. And it's just, 
I think this is what I believe. I think out of all the darkness and the craziness that's happening out there, there's one good thing. There's many good things, but there's one thing that I want to share. And that's everybody's becoming aware that they should prioritize their health now and how important it is to get healthy now and not in the future. So I think that's one good thing coming from this madness. Agreed. Agreed. Because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. What if this is like the, a, a, like the test run of the next bad thing that's coming? You know, I mean, right. how would we handle it? I mean, it's like a little prep of sorts. You know, I think uh, what you just said is the most important thing. You know, it's uh, let the food be thy medicine. You know, that, that is famous sayings back from beginnings of, of, of modern medicine. Same, this, the same person also said, you know, fever is good for you. <laughs> so, you know, we got to listen to them. I mean, that's traditional medicine. And, and I, you know, I, it's unfortunate people call what we're doing traditional medicine, but we are the alternative medicine these days. That's a pill for everything. And then nobody ever, you know, I love natural medicine. People ate right or they did something natural to treat themselves. But, you know, making synthetic stuff up and sticking in your body, your body doesn't always know what to do with it. And you may be causing more harm than good. And I also hate the fact that, you know, everyone's an individual. Everyone's body's different. So there's not one size fits all. Unfortunately, in, in the way we practice medicine now, it's like, here, take this. It's one thing for everybody. When the people who get the healthiest have been sick for a while and they learn about this natural medicine. They learn about the things that, that you teach about, I teach about, and many of the, the, the modern wellness physicians teach about. And they, did, they cured themselves on their own. Now, I will say that's usually curing the gut, but that's also different for everybody. I will say that's vitamins and back, back to hormones as well. But, but the people who are sick who get better are people who actually start reading and getting this information. And it's a shame that it's not taught in medical school. The, 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 the diabetic... The pyramid's upside down, you know, as, as you well know. It's fun. That my son learned that in school, by the way, when he was in fourth grade, so a number of years ago. But, but it's, it, wouldn't, wouldn't you think the doctors should teach something preventative in medical school instead of, you know, I took my boards. After, again, I had to take my family practice. Every question's like, you know, you know, what medicine would you use for this? What medicine would you use for that? You know, it's like, you know, doctors have become glorified pharmaceutical reps. That's why you don't see them anymore. They don't even have them anymore. They, the doctors have been trained enough to, to you know, listen to whatever the uh, journal they uh, read is, you know, and, uh, you know, I tell my patients to, to pick up that famous journal and I say, whatever they say in there, do the opposite. And, you know, look, I'm not an, I don't want to bash medicine totally. I mean, there are some times you need to take when there are some diseases that happen, whether it's genetics or the epigenetics. And, 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 you know, as you've talked about before on your podcast, you know, if the, if the trigger is pulled, you can't put the bullet back in the gun. So sometimes people do need medicines and it's unfortunate my son being one of those who's on them. And I tried everything first, trust me. Uh, to the point where I, you couldn't wait any longer. But so I do believe that some medicines are good, but in most cases, you shouldn't have to get to the point you need them. You should be doing the things that are, 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 are preventing disease, um, not treating the aftermath of it, you know? Amen. I'm with you on that. So you, you mentioned hand sanitizers, sanitizers earlier with that meme. What, what about, what's the best way to protect our family and ourselves? Do hand sanitizers fall into this category? Well, you know, like, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, if the quarantine had really worked, it's probably pre-quarantine everybody so that they don't get it and then bring it into their house. Um, I, this is a, what I'm about to say right now is actually a, a bad news thing, you know, and, and it's, a, it's, it's something that people need to think about in the decision-making thing. But if you have kids in the house and one of the parents gets sick, the other one probably shouldn't go to the hospital with them because who knows like what could happen there or they get sick, you know, more contact with stuff. You know, you do have to think about those sort of things with, with this, if it turns out to be as bad as they, they say it is. Um, hand sanitizer is obviously important. Washing your hands for 20 seconds. Um, you know, a lot of people don't wash their hands enough and they don't do it long enough. So 20 seconds is, is the rule on that. Um, if you can get access to Argentin or, or colloidal silver, I personally use Argentin. 
that's been pretty good for me. I use that on my hands and if, or up my nose or in my throat. Uh, you should read on colloidal silver. I think that's, in my opinion, the best of all of the things if you can get some right now. Yeah, I've been taking it. I've been taking. I've been drinking it. I didn't think about yeah. using it on my hands, but yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, that's. I, I use that as the hand sanitizer in my clinic. I keep a bottle, and I. I mean, I use it multiple times per day. Uh, so I love, love it. it. Yeah, huge it's, fan. Me yeah. too. Uh, okay, so let's continue on here. What about foods to buy? What to eat? How should we stock up right now? You know, you know, in some regards, I don't think there's going to be a food shortage. Everyone has electricity. This isn't a hurricane. And, you know, I, I don't think the shelf should be empty of everything. The only reason to make the consideration for it is if this does turn out to be something scary, you also want to limit your exposure. And that's obviously, obviously a place where people can, you know, pick up the, the uh, virus. Um, and by the way, I do want to mention on a side note, people are go going to get gas. That's another place not to touch something. I'd get a pair of rubber gloves from the supermarket next time you're there or Amazon or whatever and put them on when you're touching things outside the house. Because some people forget about things like that. They go to get gas. They don't realize every, you know how many people touch that gas pump. But that's, uh, you know, it's like door handles. You know, so mm -hmm. you have long, prolonged exposure sometimes of somebody touching something that may have coughed right before it. So I got um, the you know, flu three years ago, I think, from, yeah. from the, the gas station pumping gas. And yeah, I mean, that yeah. could be a place that, oh. that, that you got. It. Um, you know, uh, you know, I think the keto campers need to stock up their freezer with the, their meats and their healthy fats. Um, you know, if, if, you know, you're not going to like what I say now because it's not, not keto friendly, but you know, rice had lasts a long time. So maybe you get a big bag of rice just in case you have to stay in for too long and your freezer is too full or something. But you know, I think you make an exception on the rule on that one or some food like that, but you get dried beans and, and, and other foods. I think it'd be great if you posted a little list of your, you know, your keto survival food kit, you know, or if you, I, maybe you did already, I can't remember, but you know, I think, you know, what foods you get, you know, uh, things that are, are not, perishable that you can make a lot of without having to like fill up your whole house with it you know yeah great idea i've been mentioning it like bone broth and beef sticks and things like oh, that but i haven't made a list i meant to say bone broth too i was thinking <laughs> about that one it's a good one yeah because yeah. they i mean it lasts over a year on your shelf and it's if you get a good brand it's um high quality and good for you as well yeah. okay what about supplementations i mean what can help um what about vitamin d there's some controversy there with yeah. taking the vitamin d yeah you know we've always known that if you have too much vitamin d it does can affect your immune system in a negative way meaning you know we always say try not to go over 100 it's probably 150 that you don't want to go over but at least 100 but a hundred and fifty thousand international units yeah 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 so um so that's a blood level test sorry sorry for for misspeaking but um so uh what what i was going to say was they're, they're saying don't supplement too much because it could have a negative effect. But then again, you know, you always got to wonder who's saying these things. It's like maybe vitamin D is good for you. Uh, you know, I, I've always aimed for a vitamin D level of 75 as being the optimal level in my patients. Um, I think that's, that's where you get most of the protective benefits. But, you know, uh, even now after reading some of the stuff I read, I'm like, okay, maybe you just take, you know, 2,000 units a day instead of the 10 that I normally have them on. So I'm not really sure about that. Vitamin C, I'm taking every day. Uh, so is my family. Um, I think that's always been an important one. Um, How frequently are you taking the vitamin C per day? So I do it once a day. I do 2,500 milligrams. If I feel something like I'm getting sick or something ever, uh, then, I'll, then I'll increase that dose maybe even four times, up to four times a day. But right now, we're just using 2,500 milligrams, and that's just what we picked, one teaspoon a day of the product that I use. Yeah, um, the vitamin D thing, I, I actually am triple dosing my vitamin D because I, I, don't, I don't fall into the hypo that it's going to have a negative effect um but you're right i mean you do want to test your blood markers and see where it's at i like anywhere between 60 and 80 you said 75 right. uh that's that's perfect but i but also with vitamin d 
it's important to take a vitamin D with all the other fat soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K, because they all, they all compete for the same receptor site under cells. So either take a vitamin D with all of them together or eat it with like a fatty meal so you get it. So this is another one that may be interesting for you. And unfortunately, I think it's one of those you're going to have to just post at the bottom of the uh, podcast later. But they, they're, they're saying not to take vitamin A because of the way that vitamin A can work in the lungs. Now, I know that vitamin A is like contraindicated in smokers and, you know, there's reasons for that. But I'm wondering about vitamin A now. I have to do a little bit more reading because all of this came out right before the podcast. So I can't really go through the uh, pathophysiology of it. But I, I think that's an interesting one, vitamin A. That's the, the A and D they, they were, you know, they were talking about. So I'm not, I'm not sure of the answer. You know, it's one of those, what do you believe? Because, you know, we, we say one thing on the podcast today and they're like, next week, they're like, oh, you got to take a lot of it, you know? So totally. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. Send me, send me whatever you find and um, I'll read yeah, I it and post it if I, if I think it's yeah. uh, relevant. Okay. Great conversation. I think yeah. the listeners and the viewers, as will be on YouTube, I think everybody's getting some value and some understanding about what's going on right now. What are your, your thoughts right now with where it's going to head? Like, should we worry? What about the economy? Uh, what about using face masks? Like, what are some additional thoughts you want to throw out there? Yeah, you're, uh, unfortunately, if you don't have a face mask, you're probably not getting one for a little while. They are making them these, they're called N95 protectors. And interestingly enough, they're the ones that they sell at Home Depot because the construction industry has the most of them. And luckily, some of those big construction companies are donating them back to the hospitals because reusing masks is not necessarily a good idea. But you know, certainly a mask it may be helpful. It may be a little bit more helpful if you're sick not to give it to other people than actually protecting you against it, the, the way the, the, these filters can work. Um, so, you know, the economy, I think, uh, uh, you know, I'm a little worried about that. Uh, I think the next two to three weeks could be potentially bad if they don't reverse some of the statistics here because of the amount of testing they're doing um, to, to know what's out there. Um, the more people that have it and the less people that have a bad thing, the lower that percentage goes. And, you know, from the, the biggest studies out there have been, you know, in their 1% area, they were saying two to three previously, I don't know where it's going to land. I'm hoping it lands at 0.1 or 0.2% similar to the flu. Um, cause, cause that, that, that's a big number. How contagious this is, you know, they think, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the population is going to get it. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm going to look up one stat here. I was going to tell you right now, just to, I want to give some perspective here right now. There's been 285,000 cases in the world of coronavirus that are documented. And I know there's more, that's just what's tested, but, uh, I think it's 4 million have the flu, you know, there's, there's, uh, 12,000, uh, people have, uh, uh, died in the world, uh, from, from the coronavirus, but 20,000 in the U S have died from the flu alone. And, you know, if you put it into perspective, not everybody panics and locks themselves inside from the flu, you know, this, this may potentially be overkill what's happened here. And that's, it's a horrible thing. And, you know, I don't know where it's going to head. Um, we'll know when we have the numbers, I think this potentially may be more, more contagious. But when you think of the fact that there's only 20,000 cases in the United States, and it's been here for a little while, and I don't see the number du like doubling, like they said, this next week is going to be a big one to see how many patients have it. You know, 500 people have it in Florida. <laughs> I mean, it's not a huge number. Well, by the way, 500 diagnosed people. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, There's probably you know, a lot more in Florida. Thousands and thousands can yeah. have it, but nobody's really in the hospital get, or getting tested for it. Why? Because they're not, it's the not body's that The body's handling it. Yeah, that's the point. I mean, yeah. people are missing that basic point. And so the gloom and doom thing is horrible. And you're right. You said before, which I love, the stress is not good for your immune system. I mean, people are panicking. And you know what? They're not unreasonably panicking. Because the media is very, very scary. I wish they would talk more in the positive things. Like, listen, you know, yes, people are going to die. 
It could happen to any of us. But if you start saying 98% chance that you're going to do okay, that's a lot different. And I know they're saying it to scare people of staying inside and be more cautious. I guess you have to use the fear factor, so to speak. But there's a negative consequence to that too, and they're ignoring that. And it's going to be hard. I'm calling this the Pandora emic, you know, like they, once they let it out of the box, you know, uh, you know, this is, this is, uh, this is, uh, you know, this is going to be devastating. Um, and our healthcare workers who are, have that chronic exposure, that that's going to be an affected system for a, quite some time, unfortunately, I believe. Do you think the reason for this quarantine, or at least part of it is to slow down, of, of course they want to flatten that curve, but to slow down, yeah everybody from rushing to the hospital with any kind of sneeze and cough and then over flooding what's happening in Italy, right? They ran out of hospital beds. Do you think that's right. part of the reason why they are trying I, to- I control? don't think so. I think, it, I think by time that they, if that's part of it, I, you know, I'm unaware, but you know, this is causing people to go there more, you know? So, uh, you know, they're like, go get tested. I mean, when did they, now they started maybe slowing it down or something like that, or go to the special spot to get tested, but, or go through the drive-through window at the Walgreens, they reach out with the uh, swab or something. But- Oh, are they doing uh, that? They, yeah, I, I, that, that, that CDS and Walgreens, I don't know if it's officially done. They, they had talked about it like two days ago that you can, you're going to do drive-through testing so that people aren't getting out into a, an enclosed space. Now, but once again, like, what are you going to do with the results of that test? Quarantine yourself anyways if you're sick. I mean, yeah. you're not really testing healthy people. You know, I mean, you're, 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 you're testing because you have symptoms. And you don't drive in the car with someone. You know, get, put the windows down if you're going to drive in the car with someone. Uh, or or you, now you're in an enclosed space with, with your family member. Um, you know, uh, I, the, flat, the curve may flatten by reducing the exposure to it. That's, that's the way they're approaching this. They're saying, listen, if less people are out, we can squash it. Um, uh, I, I, I can't really say too much for or against that. Um, but, you know, if it's just a general cold, you know, people get them all the time. So I don't really know how bad this one is because there's just not enough stats out there, you know. What about pets? Are, are pets... Yeah. Should we be worried about our pets getting great, coronavirus? Great question. I'm glad I read that, um, you know, recently too, because, you know, they were like, watch your pets because animals can carry this, you know, because it comes from anal animals. Um, but uh, they, they say that the pets are safe and, and not to worry about them. So hug your pet, uh, you know, keep you in good spirits and, and the pets love it. So, yeah. The pets are super happier because they're getting a lot more quality time with their owners, especially mine. Um, yeah. All right. Closing thoughts. What, what are some things we, I mean, we're being forced in a sense to uh, be home. And what are some things we can do to make the best out of this quarantine? Yeah, I mean, look, this is a time to get in shape, maybe work out a little, do yoga. Luckily, this isn't a hurricane where you don't have the electricity like loss or the power and your refrigerator and all that stuff that, that you know, these, these common things that, uh, that we love as creature comforts. But this is a time to read a book, do something related to your health. What I don't want people doing is watching six hours of the news. It's way too stressful and people cannot get their, the, look, the same information is repeated over and over and over again. Listen to it maybe twice a day. Maybe something new came out, some summary of it all, or go online and just look at the summary. But this whole constant TV watching and, and, and panic is horrible. There's more useful things you can do with your time. I mean, many of us work, uh, you know, so much all the time. I mean, spend it with your family. I mean, how often do you get to, you know, play with your kid or throw a football in the street or something like that, you know? So I think there's just so much constructive things that you can do with your time. And by the way, you can read about health or go listen to some of your podcasts, you know, get on keto camp and do something like that. I mean, it's a great time to do, you know, do it. It's easy when you're home to prepare your meals. It's harder when you're out all the time. Mm. So I, I like the idea of doing stuff for your health. Yeah. Amen. There's always a positive for a negative. So let's seek out that. This is the time to read a book you've been putting off forever, to start a project, to learn a new skill, to watch more YouTube videos and listen to more podcasts and educate yourself. I haven't watched the news 
all week because anytime I watch the news, I find myself being fearful. I find myself being stressed out and it's just not going to contribute to the life that we want, the health that we want. Because when you are panicking like that, just with your negative thoughts, it will weaken the immune system and it will open you up to bad things. So Lane, I have, um, let's do my rapid fire questions before we wrap this up. You open sure. for that? Okay, cool. Uh, this is going to be a tough one, I bet. <laughs> you already know them. You listen to the show. Uh, what's your favorite keto food? So my favorite, my favorite keto food is probably cheese, but I love chicken and I love eggs. I think in our house, we go through nine dozen eggs a week. Uh, I know, I know my dog gets a few of those, so I don't want to overkill it on that one, but I think, you know, it might be eggs. Nice. I love eggs. I call it mother, mother nature's multivitamin, the egg. Yeah. Favorite, by the way, on a side note, I will tell you what other is a great food is hemp, hemp hearts. Yeah. Yeah. You got all Why? the essential amino acids in there and that's probably a really great source of protein to keep in the house and, and, you know, even right now would be a, a really wonderful time to keep some in there. You know, you know me in the CBD uh, as a side note. So I, I'm very big fan of hemp anything. So yeah, yeah, I love hemp and I love uh, your CBD product as well. Side note, I have it right here. Awesome. Uh, I've been taking it every night before bed. Terrific. I love it. What is your favorite non-keto food? Um, it might be ice cream. Uh, I, it's organic and sugar, no corn syrup. So I don't need the junky one, but it might be that lately. What, what, what type of ice cream? What's your favorite? Just vanilla. You know, yeah. I'm a pretty I love vanilla, vanilla guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love vanilla as well. What is the best piece of advice you've ever heard, Lane? Um, your ego is your own worst enemy. I think everybody's so self-conscious in this world about what everybody else thinks about them. They don't love themselves. And interestingly enough, I know you're a very big promoter of, of taking care of yourself. And uh, to me, I think that's probably one of the most, uh, you know, I held that in my heart when I heard that because, you know, everyone cares so much what everyone else thinks about them and they need to stop, stop doing that. They'll live a happier life for sure. Absolutely. Amen. I agree. What about the worst piece of advice? Um, most everything I've heard in medical school, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, if you have this, give that, you know, and it's like, you know, it's like everything's medicine. I, so I, unfortunately it's, I know that's not really a specific piece of advice, but that's good. I, I really regret, you know, you know, like learning medicine that way. Uh, favorite TV show growing up. Oh, uh, I don't know. It might be, it might be chips. It might be like Bonanza. I, I, I missed a few mornings in school when I was younger. Wow. Staying up late to watch that at night. What about your favorite hobby at the moment? Um, yeah, I just started working out again. So, so that um, I love golf. I haven't got to play in a long time. Uh, I, I suppose my favorite hobby of all time is poker. I don't know if people call that a hobby or not, but I, I really do like that. Yeah, I, I consider that. It could be a hobby. Where is the be we're, we're done with the rapid fire questions. Where is the best place to find your information? So I would go to drphillipscbd.com. Um, that gives a little bit of information on what I'm doing right now. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm doing some telemedicine too, because I think that that's an important time to get some medical advice without being physically in front of a doctor where other sick people have gone. And that would just be uh, at my website, heathrowurgentcare.com. We'll put both of those links in the notes of the podcast. I, uh, I mean, this episode was about the coronavirus. It's about the pandemic out there. We'll do a separate episode on the benefits of CBD and how to get the right source and why I use your CBD product. And if you've been listening to the show, you've, you've heard the advertisements on why I choose CBD um, from Dr. Phillips Formulation. And we do have an affiliate with them. If you want to go check it out, it's uh, drphillipscbd.com slash ketocamp. They have the tinctures. They have the topical creams. They have keto-friendly um, 
what are they like fruit chews? Is that what you call the them? The fruit chews are great. They're organic. Yeah. And I will tell you that each one of those is tested to have what it says in it. Unlike, and I'm the only person in Florida who's actually tested it. So I think, uh, you know, we have quality products that we do. We'll, I, and we will talk about those. I'm excited about them. Yeah, we'll do a separate episode on that. I could tell you that I've probably had, I don't know, 20 plus companies, CBD companies reach out to me and I, and I, I vet them and they don't just live up. Their answers are not, they're not living up to my high standards, but you did. Yeah. And that's why I use. And they're keto friendly, remember. <laughs> they're keto friendly. So we'll put, a, whole jar, you know, we'll, put, we'll put a link for that down below <laughs> and we'll do a separate episode as well. But Lane, this has been a super informative, helpful episode. And I think it's going to give people more of an understanding on what's going on and hopefully empower them because I think knowledge really eliminates fear. And this episode was all about knowledge and facts. Um, so it's going to evolve over time. And uh, I want to thank you for, for sharing your knowledge. So many years, over 100,000 patients have gone through your clinic and you did a great job today. And I thank you for the work that you're doing and thank you for coming on the show. Thanks so much, Ben. It's great to be on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dr. Phillips. He broke it down with facts, with figures, and hopefully this gives you hope now moving forward. Share this episode with a friend. Share it with somebody who is stressing out. Share it with somebody who's confused about what exactly the coronavirus is and what's going to happen next. Send it to somebody who has uncertainty. You could easily just copy and paste the link and send it in a text message. And please leave the show a rating and review. If you're getting any value from this show, it really helps out the growth of the show to get it into more hands. Take a screenshot of this episode. Tag myself. Tag Dr. Phillips. My Instagram handle is at the Benazadi, and Dr. Phillips is at dr.phillipsformulations. If you want to register for my free webinar, which is going to teach you how to master your immune system with keto and fasting, head over to benazadiwebinar.com, and you can learn more about that. We are only taking 500 people on each webinar. After that, Zoom caps us out. That is benazadiwebinar.com. We have the video version of this interview uploaded to the Keto Camp YouTube channel. If you head over to youtube.com slash Keto Camp, you could watch the video version of this interview with Dr. Lane Phillips. Thank you so much, Keto Camper, for listening to this entire episode of the Keto Camp podcast. You will hear me on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.